More news at WGNSRadio.com. All Sports Talk is next. The Good Neighbor Network. FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro. FM 100.5 Smyrna. And online at WGNSRadio.com. If it's passed, bounced, or hit, we're talking about it. All Sports Talk is on News Radio WGNS. All Sports Talk is sponsored by Good Neighbor State Farm agents Andy Womack, Bud Morris, and Deb Ensel. Chip Walters with Exit Realty, Bob Lamb and Associates. Jennings and Ayers Funeral Home, helping families since 1880. First Bank, serving Murfreesboro, Smyrna, and all of Rutherford County. Parks Auction Company, committed to auction excellence. Creekside at Three Rivers Assisted Living. Greg Hall with Hall's Auto Care. And the Blue Raider Insider Report, sponsored by Mike Tanzel at My Team Insurance. Steve Ruckert with RAI Advisors. And Wayne Blair with Rayburn Insurance. We put the all in all sports talk. From the preps to MTSU, we've got you covered. It's all sports talk on Rutherford County's Place to Talk. Good afternoon. Welcome to All Sports Talk. Another hot day in the borough. Hope everybody's had a good one. Going to talk some Blue Raider football today with Sam Dalton, he's the uh, beat writer for GoBlueRaiders.com. You can read all of his stuff on GoBlueRaiders.com. If you uh, are looking to get some good inside scoop on the Blue Raiders, Sam, thanks for joining us. Monty, thank you so much for having me back. I'm excited to be here and excited for football season and to finally get underway on the college side of things. Absolutely. tomorrow. Absolutely. Yeah, you know, I've kind of been... We've kind of been getting a little fixed with the high school scrimmaging and all that. You know, obviously, they open up a couple of weeks before, so mm-hmm. that, that kind of whets the appetite till uh, August 27th gets here, and then, of course, September 4th when MTSU opens. Uh, take us right now what the, uh, the team – I'm assuming most of the team, if not all of it, has been here this summer doing mm-hmm. classes and things like that. Just – Kind of take us what a regular day is for a Blue Raider uh, this time of year. Well, today is the is the official report day here on campus. So anybody who might not have been here in the summer for whatever reason, maybe they're finishing up a class at their previous school, maybe they, they had something else to do in the summer. It's just a handful of guys, but that's true for they'll be here today. And so, you know, Coach Stock's going to be meeting with the guys this afternoon, and then they'll they'll go through the expectations for the team, just do some, you know, basic introduction stuff just to set the stage for camp tomorrow. And then really it's a jam-packed day for them. They're often weightlifting early in the morning. They usually have their weightlifting session before practice. And then so they'll do that. They'll have practice in the morning uh, when school gets out of session for summer session here in a week. And then they'll have some sort of cool-down period. Um, then they'll have lunch, and then they'll go in and uh, do film breakdown, do sort of, you know, uh, classroom work i guess you might say over the playbook and things like that um and then to have even more meetings maybe sort of a, a broader team bonding session at night and some of that can vary day to day depending on what, what the coaches want and there's a, i think there's a couple more days off this year and there have been recently due to some ncaa rule changes um but it, it, it's a pretty busy day for them and, and right now particularly when school gets out of session after commencement for the summer coming this saturday it's going to be all football all the time for about three or four weeks. And when fall camps start, they have like an ac- actual acclimation period, don't they? Yes. Yeah. There's there's very specific rules about when they can put on certain pieces of equipment. 
so they, they start out practice not even wearing shoulder pads. They just wear shorts, their, their jersey. You might have, a lot of, I think, some sort of light padding underneath that doesn't qualify as shoulder pads. And they, they don't do any full contact drills at all. It's all sort of very shell drill, very basic type stuff, sort of, you know, different drills to work on skills and things like that. And then eventually they'll be able to, to put on what they call the shells, which is basically where they wear shorts, but they get to put on the full shoulder pads. And then they'll have a handful of practices in full pads. Um, towards the end of the summer. So the, the idea is that we're, we're building these guys up so that where their bodies can get physically used to you know, the, the physical challenges of playing football without the, the increased risk of injury of going too hard, too fast in particular. The, um, the days of the two-a-days in the blazing heat are pretty much over, aren't they? Oh, absolutely. You know, like I said, you know, they're often doing you know, different types of physical activity during the day, they might have a weightlifting session and then practice or practice and then a late night weightlifting session, something like that. Um, but, you know, there, there's a lot of people here in Middle Tennessee that make sure that they're compliant with all the rules changes that come in year to year. Um, you know, p- people above my pay grade to help, you know, solve that for the coaches and help make sure everybody's on the same page. And so they, they do a great job of making sure these guys stay safe and stay healthy and also get a chance to get better day to day. When I was first the beat writer at MTSU when Coach Donnelly was here. There weren't no such rules. Well, they'd practice at 8. Then they'd come back at 1. And if he was mad at them, they'd come back in shorts and do special teams on the turf at night. So <laughs> it's a whole lot different animal than it used to be. Absolutely. No question about that. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's different for me sometimes, too. You know, I, I even, you know, growing up covering high school football when I was a student in high school, um, it's even been different from what it was, you know, almost a decade ago for me, which, gosh, that makes me feel old a little bit to think about that. But <laughs> it's it, it certainly it's making the game safer for everybody. Hopefully it makes the game last longer long-term. I know there's been some concerns in coaching circles since I've been covering the game about football's health long-term because some of the, the, the health issues that we keep discovering that come up with it. But as, you know, these changes come in and we're seeing the game become safer, I think that's great for everybody. I wasn't always – I was never a huge – Steve Spurrier fan, but I loved to hear him talk because mm-hmm. uh, you never never know what he was going to say. But he, yeah, you know, he left every day at five o'clock and went and played on nine holes of golf. And he said, "If you can't if you can't get it done by five o'clock, you're not going to win many games anyway." So exactly, exactly. <laughs> so you, you know, these guys are real efficient with their time. You know, and part of that's you know by necessity, the NCAA mandates only a certain amount of time on the field. Uh, for these guys as well, in addition to all the, the, the contact rules. Um, and so they, they, they certainly they do a lot of things at once. It's quite, a, quite an orchestrated uh, circus almost out there at times. Yeah. But very efficient with their time. You know, I was going to ask you too, uh, I know when Coach Stock's son, Brent, was here, um, mm-hmm. uh, they got he got out there, he just kind of led the, the workouts they would get out he'd get all of his receivers out there as many that could and and just throw all summer do these guys do that still oh yes no there's been uh you know dozens of player-led workouts um from the time everybody got back in june um for the first bit of summer school i mean that's been going on you know informally um amongst the players uh pretty much since i i've been around on campus this summer yeah, every, every time I, I sneak out there, they're, they're either out in the, the turf of Floyd Stadium. Sometimes you might see them out on the grass in the practice field. 
Um, usually they're, they're trying to avoid the, the hot hours of the day. They might be doing it early in the morning before a lot of us get here or, or later at night um, when some of us leave. But it, they, they've been busy. Um, I know in particular the, the, the quarterbacks have been busy because we have some, some wide receivers going to be stepping up in some bigger roles this year, so they're trying to build chemistry up um, you know, ahead of the season in particular. Um, but all, everything the players have been saying, I mean, those workouts have gone really, really well, and that's made them really excited to get started with the, the more formal practices this month. Now, the freshmen that come in, they go ahead and start school, don't they? Oh, yeah. No, every, everyone that's on campus right now is in summer classes, which is why they're having to go in the afternoon this first week because they're still wrapping up their classes. Most of the summer classes here at MTSU meet in the mornings. Um, so a lot of those players are, that are in class are still um, having to finish those up this week before final exams of the last summer session. So, I mean, these freshmen have jumped in right away, and a lot of them came in actually in the spring semester. So there's yeah. probably about, I'd say, around 10 newcomers, maybe maybe a little more, maybe a little less, um, that have already been taking classes a full semester here at MTSU. Yeah. Now, in season, obviously, with football, but they, but they went through all the spring ball um, just after graduating high school. Yeah, that's kind of become a new phenomenon of, mm-hmm. uh, of high school athletes gra- graduating midterm, you know. No, and- it, it, it's a lot bigger, obviously, with the fall sports in particular, so – not just football, but I believe we, we had at least one volleyball student athlete who did that this year. Um, occasionally, you'll see a soccer student athlete do that as well. Um, and it, it's a really great way, from from what I've seen, for these players to just get used to what the college experience is like. Because you know, coming into college, how, how difficult that is just for any student, let alone a student athlete. You know, just to be away from home and you know having to have the discipline to go to your own class schedule, cook your own meals, things like that. And getting a chance to acclimate to that first semester before you're having to play in, you know, your most important games each season, in addition to having, you know, a whole, you know, six months of college-level strength training and other things like that on top of it, really sets up a lot of these athletes for future success down the line if they get that extra semester under their belt. Uh, doesn't mean that you can't be successful if you don't do that. I've, I've certainly seen that happen before as well. But there's a reason a lot of those high schoolers are taking that shot right now because they see the benefits to it and they've seen their friends that are older than that partake those benefits as well. Yeah, I always thought that was a benefit, particularly when they bring freshmen in. You know, they might only take two classes, but it kind of got them used to going to school where it wasn't such a culture shock when you throw, you know, of course back then, I think when I graduated, there was like 12,000. Now you throw. Twenty-seven thousand people at you. I mean, that can be quite eye-opening. So they at least got a little bit of taste of it before they uh, start for real. You know, here in the end of August. Oh, absolutely. You know, on the academic side, them taking those classes either in the spring or in the summer, whatever their off uh, semester is, and in the summer uh, helps out long term. Helps them maybe take you know not a full schedule. Um, in the fall, you know, staying a full-time student, maybe not taking the maximum number of classes they, they could take um, in the fall and still staying on track to graduation. And, you know, hel- helping guys graduate early, even if they're a really good student and they're doing well in those classes, um, and we get a chance to get a graduate degree potentially um, if they've redshirted in particular. So uh, lots of potential benefits to starting early, um, something I would certainly look at if I were to have, uh, if I were fortunate enough to have a student athlete when it eventually that happens for me. Sam Doughton join us today. He is the uh, beat writer for GoBlueRaiders.com. Uh, this portion of the show brought to you by First Bank, where the bank remains true to its ideals since founded in 1906. That's First Bank. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back, and we'll get into the 
storylines of fall camp 2022. Here's Dr. Craig McCabe at McCabe Vision Center. We have a full line of laser procedures. Dr. Craig McCabe. As well, we offer the doctor brand of skin peels as well as a full line of cosmetic pharmaceuticals. Make yourself look 10 years younger. Call McCabe Vision Center. On Heritage Park Drive, behind SunTrust Bank. Hi, this is Peter Demas with Demas's Restaurants. One of the places I love to eat out the most and still be able to do so and maintain a healthy weight is at Demas's. You can get those options on the menu online at www.demasrestaurants.com. You can make the decisions that you want to make before you come in. We have options ranging from grilled chicken to fish. You can get it with a side of green beans or spinach or even zucchini. Please have your family join our family for lunch or dinner at Demas's. In Rutherford County, you know how much it means to have neighbors you can count on. I'm State Farm Agent Andy Wommel, here to help life go right when you combine home and auto insurance. Call me today at 615-890-0850 and let me save you money and time. Your home, your auto, together they're where life happens. I'm State Farm Agent Andy Wommel. It's smart to protect them together to help life go right. Give me a call at 615-890-0850 and let me help you save by combining your home and auto. Hello, friends. Lenny Farmer with Jennings and Ayers Funeral Home. More than I can count, we have taken care of families who were totally caught off guard with the passing of a loved one. There are so many details to tie up. It really can be overwhelming. Again, more than I can count are the comments from families who have pre-planned and pre-funded their or their loved one's funeral saying, I'm so thankful we took care of this ahead of time. It would have been a financial hardship had we not. Let me help you pre-plan. Call me at 615-893-2422. All Sports Talk on News Radio WGNS. On FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. Welcome back to All Sports Talk. Sam Dalton joining us today, the beat writer with GoBlueRaiders.com. Sam, um, going into any season, I don't care who you are, if you're ranked number one or 330, whatever it is, everybody's got question marks. Mm-hmm. My, my question mark is who's running the football this year? Are we are we still on the committee system, or is there a potential bell cow that's going to break out from the pack? You know, it's hard to say right now, Monty, because I think there's there's a lot of new faces uh, in the running back room right now. You know, last season there was you know a couple of graduate transfers, Martel Petaway, Amir Razul. They got some share. We got a lot of carries. Tom Mobley was a player that like that got a lot of opportunities. He's also left the program. He transferred away. So the, the heir apparent in that group that they got a lot of playing time last year was on still on the roster is Frank Pizza. So he's the guy that I suspect would be listed number one on the depth chart if that were to be published right now. I have not seen that. That's just what my gut's telling me based off of things. But there's a lot of talented newcomers that have come in since then. A couple Power 5 transfers, Joe Irvin, uh, who transferred from Kansas State, uh, Octavius Sparrow, who transferred in from West Virginia. Both of those guys have played a bit at that level and have a lot of skill sets that, that uh, Coach Stockstill and the rest of the staff are really excited about. So I suspect that you're going to continue to see the committee approach. Um, Mitch Stewart, the new offensive coordinator for the Blue Raiders, when I talked to him in the spring, uh, you know, he's an air raid guy. He doesn't shy away from that. You know, he grew up, you know, he's, you know, one branch away from Hal Mummy himself on that air raid tree. 
uh, from a lot of those guys who played at Valdosta. But he had some uh, really good running performances from his running backs at Stanford, which is the school he coached at prior to coming to here. And so he, he's not afraid of running the football if that's what the defense gives him. And I think with the way that they've sort of retooled the offensive line to be a little bit bigger than maybe we've been in the past this year, that there might be some, some potential for more success. But I'm very interested to see who stands out in camp and whether it will be a bell cow situation, like you said, or whether we're going to continue with the committee approach that has shown flashes at times but needs to be a little bit more effective long-term this season. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's if you've got the 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 – personnel i mean it's a luxury because really you can never have too many backs they get banged up quite a bit um mm-hmm. but then some backs you know they got to get lathered up a little bit before they get going really get mm-hmm. going so sometimes they might get lost in the shuffle some guys that, that fall into that category oh there, there's no question about that i, I think the hope is, is that with this air raid offense that if you're gonna be running the football with the, the type of sets that like coach stewart likes to run you're going to be running the football into areas where you got some space. And so if you get some guys in some space, the hope is the playmakers that get the ball in that situation will be able to get, you know, at the very least, you know, five, six-yard chunks at the start of the game. And then maybe as the defense starts keying on that, you start looking at other areas and go from there. So hopefully the, the, the play design of these plays will get these guys going early so that whoever is the one that ultimately gets the nod in the backfield, they'll have a chance to, to rev themselves up immediately at the start of games. Yeah, and, you know, and I, you know, I know the the this day and age, it is throw the football, throw the football. But mm-hmm. you know, if you're just totally one dimensional, uh, defenses will figure you out. So uh, that's kind of my my concern going in. And I'm just one person, so yeah. You know. Well, well, it's not just your concern, Monty. You know, it's something Rick Stock still talked about last week at the conference USA kickoff uh, down in Arlington, Texas. I um, mean, you know, there's a uh, guy that covers the league. His name's Eric Henry. He's the uh, co-managing editor of uh, SB Nation's Underdog Dynasty. He does a really good job covering all the teams in the league, so he tends to focus a little bit more on Florida International more than anybody else. But he, he asked Coach Stockstill. He basically said, "Hey, last year at this you know event, I asked you you know whether the running game was going to improve, and you know numbers wise, it didn't look like your running backs were, were all that effective. You know, how are you guys going to change it up again?" And Rick basically told him, like, you know, you're right, Eric. You know, that's something we said last year, and it's something we need to continue to look to improve on. But he, he seems optimistic with some of the changes that have been made personnel-wise on that side of the ball, uh, you know, scheme-wise on that side of the ball. But they have a lot more potential to be more effective with that. And I think it's going to be key to making, you know, the air raid part of the air raid so effective is, is having an effective running game from the running backs in particular. That's only going to open up opportunities for some really talented wideouts and a couple of quarterbacks really make some plays on offense this year all right well obviously the the effectiveness of the running backs gonna come with the big guys up front uh, mm-hmm. how, how are you how do you size the offensive line up right now uh what do you think maybe some of the strengths can be or uh are there concerns such as depth or, or whatever whatever the case may be well the interesting thing about the offensive line coming in this year is basically all new jordan palmer is the only returning starter from a season ago he was our center very solid center on the offensive line. You do often didn't see a lot of interior pressure um, on that line. Often it was a lot of pressure from the outside that was causing issues on, on passing plays or pressure from the outside on running plays that was causing issues. But we, a lot of the guys that were starting either graduated, moved on from the program, or transferred away. So now you've got an opportunity to, to bring some new guys in. And uh, one thing they mentioned during the recruit period, you know, towards signing day way back in the winter of this year, 
Arkansas, they really look to get bigger on the offensive line. They got a couple of Juco guys. You know, I think one's listed 6'7". I believe that's Joseph Stone. Ethan Ellis is listed 6'6". He's a local kid that came in from the Juco level. And so they got a lot of guys like that. You know, I think the shortest guy they recruited was, you know, you know 6'3", 285. So they're really excited about the, the type of size that they have in the offensive line. And they think that that's going to give them the opportunity to generate more push, in particular on those running plays, and just be bigger bodies, harder to get around on the outside. You know, they've had a lot of athletic linemen um, since I've been here. And, you know, at times that worked, and at times it's been ineffective. So they've clearly tried to retool the types of players that are recruiting and hoping for a different result. Um, but the interesting part about that is that because so many of those guys are new and because so many guys transferred away, they haven't really gotten a chance to gel together as a unit in full practices yet. There are only seven rostered offensive linemen uh, for all of spring ball. And a, and a lot of times, you know, a guy had a night class or something during those practices in the spring, so they often only had six at all practice. So that, that limited a lot of what they could do. Um, as a group during that time. And then those guys that were there got in a lot of really good work, a lot of really good reps, and you're going to be ahead of the curve this year. So, But I'm interested to see who comes out there that first day of practice, who, who's doing well, and, and really how they gel over time. Because obviously you know, getting that uh, chemistry on the offensive line take, can take some time. And so hopefully they'll have enough time to get it ready to go before we play James Madison in September. Sam Dowson joining us today. He's the beat writer for uh, GoBlueRaiders.com. Um, what about receiver? They lost some pretty good receivers. They, I know they're pretty excited about some of the ones they've got going, uh, coming in. And, of course, you know, every time you uh, uh, we get a release from you guys uh, out of your office, Jalen Lane is being mentioned. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, Jalen had an unbelievable year at punt returner last year, and that's where he's getting a lot of those accolades um, in particular, a lot of those preseason award watch lists, preseason All-American lists, preseason All-Conference. is his job as a punt returner, and obviously I don't expect that to change. But I'm really excited to see what Jalen Lane can do as you know one of the primary receiving threats for this team last year. He got, he got a chance to do a lot of really good work on that receiver last year, but he, often because of guys like Jimmy Marshall, like C.J. Wyndham, like Jaron Pierce, you know, Jalen might have been, you know, the fourth biggest threat on the field on a given play in that unit, which is really says a lot for the depth that's been built up in that group over time. So Jalen's going to step up into a bigger role. We've got guys like Isaiah Gavings, who's another big, lanky receiver like Jimmy Marshall was, who I expect to slide into that role nice. He got a chance to play a little bit more towards the end of the season last year. I know the coaching staff's really high on his ability. Um, Elijah Metcalf is a guy that really stood out in camp last year, in particular as a guy who can make some really spectacular catches I'm excited to see him step into a bigger role. They've got a couple of young, uh, young incoming receivers as well, Cortavius Tolbert, Jalen Ward. So it's a little bit of a younger unit overall, um, but it, there's been a lot of depth built up over time. And now that those seniors, uh, you know, a lot of six-year guys last year step, you know, have stepped away from the program, uh, it's a chance for those guys to really step up and shine. And I, I think it's more of a reload than anything on that side of the ball. They've got a lot of talented playmakers on the outside. You're listening to All Sports Talk. We'll take a quick break, and Chip Walters will join us with the Blue Raider Insider Report. When news breaks, when traffic's horrendous, when the weather's bad. 
Be the first to get the news, traffic, and weather you want with a text alert from News Radio WGNS. Free text alert. Sign up online at WGNSradio.com. Good afternoon. We did have a car fire earlier on 24 westbound uh, out near Bell Road. It had traffic a little bit slow, but it's just been crazy out through Wilson County right now. It's really slow on the Interstate 40 East there at 840, trying to get past Lebanon. Uh, 65 is blocked down pretty good to the north as you try to get up into Madison all the way to Goodlitzville. Ripley's is hiring for all 10 attractions. Check them out this weekend at Ripley's.com. I'm Commander Chuck with your on-time traffic. When severe weather strikes, we break in. Tornado warning for central Rutherford County. Our own meteorologist giving you a complete Rutherford County forecast. You should be in shelter already. In there is no safer place in the storm. News Radio WGNS. Your ride, your stuff. You live with them together. I'm State Farm Agent Bud Morris. It's smart to protect them together to help life go right. Give me a call at 615-893-1417. And let me help you save by combining your auto and renters. Your home, your auto, together, they're where life happens. I'm State Farm Agent Bud Morris. It's smart to protect them together. Give me a call at 615-893-1417. And let me help you save by combining your home and auto. Whether you need general vehicle upkeep and maintenance or a complete vehicle overhaul, Hall's Auto Care is here for you. We're locally owned and operated by Greg Hall and have been in business since 2014. You'll get excellent service and trustworthy advice with Hall's Auto Care. A-plus rated with the Better Business Bureau. We're ready to help get you safely on the road. Hall's Auto Care, 907 Ridgely Road, just off Broad Street behind Chili's. Online at hallsautocare.net. Hall's Auto Care. It's time. Show your true blue. Blue Raiders. It's time for the Blue Raider Insider Report with Chip Walters. Sponsored by Mike Tanzel with My Team Insurance, Steve Rucker and RAI Advisors, and Wayne Blair with Rayburn Insurance. Go Blue Raiders. When you think insurance, think Wayne Blair with Rayburn Insurance, 200 South Lowry in Smyrna. Rayburn is an independent agency, so Wayne will shop multiple national companies to make your best insurance deal. It's personal with Wayne, whether working in community, schools, or insurance. Trust Wayne Blair, your full-service insurance agent. 390-8476. Wayne Blair, Rayburn Insurance, 390-8476. All sports talk on News Radio WGNS. On FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. Well, good afternoon, everybody. We come to you from Stanton, Virginia, where Middle Tennessee has just arrived for uh, their game with James Madison. The Blue Raiders will be staying in, in Stanton as they flew into Shenandoah Valley Regional Airport and will be, of course, uh, heading over tomorrow afternoon to Harrisonburg, Virginia, Bridgeforth Stadium, the site for Middle Tennessee and James Madison. The Blue Raiders will be... Uh, Going into a hostile environment at Bridgeforth over the last three years, uh, James Madison has had a record of 33 wins and only four losses overall. And uh, two of those four losses came in the FCS playoffs to the eventual national champion. Looking at the Blue Raider depth chart going in, 
it appears more and more that Chase Cunningham will be the starter tomorrow when the Raiders hit the field at 5 p.m. Central Time. Nick Vadiato and also Kyle Lowe are listed on the depth chart. At running back, expect Frank Pizant, the uh, sophomore from Pensacola, Florida, to get the starting nod uh, at, at that position. Last year rushed for over 300 yards and three touchdowns in a running back by committee environment. Darius Bracey has made uh, a lot of folks take notice of him. He is the grad transfer from Central Michigan, where last year he averaged 5.9 yards per carry, uh, working behind uh, Joe Nichols, the nation's leading uh, rusher at Central Michigan. Uh, Also in the backfield, you may see Kansas State transfer Joe Irvin or West Virginia transfer Avarius Sparrow. So all of those guys could be in the mix, but talking to Mitch Stewart, he wants to find somebody to get the hot hand and expect that to be either Pizant or Bracey. On the uh, receiving side, the Blue Raiders just have a plethora of receivers, one of the deepest and biggest uh, classes of receivers that we have uh, seen in quite some time. And that, of course, includes Yusuf Ali, Jalen Lane, and Isaiah Gathings, along with DJ England Chisholm, uh, who are returners. But look out for Bud Talbert, Jeremy Tate, Elijah Metcalf. All could be uh, play big roles in the pass game on Saturday. Defensively for Middle Tennessee, the defensive front is back. Zalen Wood, Marley Cook, Jordan Branch, and Jordan Ferguson with Jacarius Wyatt, Quindarius Dunnigan, and uh, DeMonte Smith uh, doing some backup work. The uh, secondary starters, according to the depth chart, would be Jalen Jackson, Teldrick Ross, Trey Flewellen, and DeCorian Patterson. Now the linebacking crew, Devin Curtis moves into that role at middle linebacker that was held by DQ Thomas. Expect him to be the coach on the field. Drew Francis and Raquan Hartley are expected to start at weak side and strong side backer. So there's kind of a little overview of the depth chart as we get ready for Saturday's game. And again, we'll be on the air at 3.30 with the tailgate show. And uh, an hour after that at 4.30, Jeff Murphy and I will be coming to you from Bridforth Stadium. And the Blue Raiders will kick it off against JMU at 5 p.m. Central Time. Don't forget, this weekend, women's soccer at uh, tonight, Mississippi Valley State at Dean Hayes Track and Soccer Stadium. Also, Austin P at 5 o'clock on Sunday. Blue Raider... Uh, volleyball on the road this weekend for three matches in Ohio. Okay, that's it for this Friday. Look forward to talking to you on the radio tomorrow from Harrisonburg, Virginia, right here on the Blue Raider Network and WGNS. Chip Walters here with Exit Realty, Bob Lamb and Associates. I was named a top 10 agent in the number one Exit Realty office in America in 2021. The top question I get around town, how's the market? Eh, Good question. And the answer's changed a few times this year alone. I'd like to know what you've heard and share some solid data we have. Give me a call and let's have a cup of coffee and take a look at what's happening in your neighborhood. All my contact info is right on my website, choosechip.net. I'm Chip Walters with Exit Realty, Bob Lamb and Associates. All Sports Talk on News Radio WGNS on FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. 
Welcome back to All Sports Talk. Joined today by Sam Dalton. He's the uh, beat writer for GoBlueRaiders.com. You know, Chip gave us the – he kind of gave us the cliff notes. You're giving us the good meat and potatoes <laughs> today, Sam, so I appreciate that. Um, well, thank you for having me on. It's always fun to, to, to follow Chip and proceed Chip anywhere in life, and so I'm, I'm really excited, you know, to, just to be a part of, you know, what we're building here at Middle Tennessee. Okay, we've touched on everything on the offense, I believe, except quarterback. Yeah, you got yeah. Body no, quarterback is you know it's one, a, thing, one thing I mentioned in my, my preseason column on GoBlueRaiders.com sort of the five storylines I'm looking for is normally when you have a QB battle, Monty. You know, often there's a, a huge question mark at that position. It's either you had a longtime starter that stepped away a little bit. What happened when when Brent Stock still stepped away here, um, or you just have you know question marks. You have a lot of guys who haven't proven themselves this year. But, but we were going to have a battle here in camp this year between Chase Cunningham and Nicholas Vadiato. And what's exciting about me for it is we've seen both these guys play, and we've seen both of them be successful. So it's really just about which one of these guys stands out the most in camp and gives the team the best chance for success. But knowing that both of those guys could do the job if need be really makes it more of an exciting proposition for me to cover because there's not so much you know negativity perhaps around it that there might be with other battles. Um, now, Chase – What's what's his status? I mean, is he going to be ready to go at, at camp? I mean, is he healed up nicely? Yeah, no, I I spoke to him probably about a month ago for an article about how his knee recovery is going, and he was basically ninety five percent of the way there. The the way our athletic trainer Keith Bunch described it to me is they were just putting icing on the cake of his ACL recovery at that point, and so he's expected to be fully cleared. I believe he's already been fully cleared, um, almost a hundred percent. Uh, for for full contact and everything come uh, Wednesday when camp officially opens up, so I expect to see him out there uh, fully fully going and everything. And you know, it looks like it's sealed up real well. He seems real confident with it. He seems like he's been doing everything he could, uh, everything you know the trainers wanted him to do to build up strength back in that leg. And he he, he seemed confident he's going to be back to his, his the level he was at before the injury, um, right at the start of camp. Awesome. I, I'm like you at competition. Uh, is great, and I'm sure they're pushing each other. I'm sure they're friends. You know, everybody, most people, a lot of people think that if you're in competition with a guy at a position, uh, that there's animosity. Well, you couldn't be further from the truth, really, because you spend so much time together, you better get along. <laughs> well, obviously, yeah, you know, particularly this year where both those quarterbacks are learning an offense that, that puts a lot of it, its decision-making on its quarterbacks. There's a lot of nuance to what the white coach Stewart wants them to do, and so they're they're both learning from each other. They're both taking notes, and uh, you can tell talking to each of them that they're just excited to, to get a chance to compete with one another. Finally, out there on the field after working together so much, uh, you know, it's really going to be exciting for them. You know, they're they're both huge competitors, um, have been their whole lives, and they're both really great people as well. So I'm excited to see it, and, and like you said, I'm really excited the fact that they're. You know, it's going to be good and healthy, and it's not going to be a worry for the team because they know that each of them can do the job. And so it's really just about who, you know, shows they're they're the best. And that's really exciting um, for an offense at this time. You know, Vadi Adi was um, one of the better stories in college football last year. You know, we talked about this uh, when you were on the show not so long ago. You know, he, he has a five-interception game the first time he suits it up. And then the next thing you know, he's the MVP of the Bahamas Bowl. So, uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, honestly, you know, you, you couldn't write a better movie script for, for what he had to go through. 
you know, he, he was a guy that I think the program was anticipating the red shirt last year. Yeah. And obviously had to be stepped up and thrown in the fire with a couple of the other things that were going on in that position. And, you know, the coaching staff quickly showed confidence in them. You know, the confidence that they showed in him, you know, just getting the start at Western was, you know, entirely, you know, maybe maybe a bit surprised to some people given Mike Delello was on the roster at that point. who had a little bit more experience um, in college ball. And, you know, Nick was, Nick was a true freshman last year. He wasn't a redshirt freshman. He was a true freshman. And, you know, obviously that Western start didn't go well. But he, he bounced back from it and responded. And they told the offense a little bit more about some of his strengths. And, you know, anyone who watched the Bahamas Bowl, you know, last year saw how efficient he could be and how talented he was as a collegiate quarterback. And I think that was that really was the big confidence booster to him, the way he carries himself out of practice, the way he carries himself with the team, the way he carries himself when I'm interviewing him. is completely different from where it was, you know, a season ago. And I think the Bahamas Bowl MVP performance had a big part to deal with that. No question. Well, we mentioned Jalen Lane. Uh, we'll get over here to the defense now when I get a release from y'all's office. He's usually in. If he's not in it, Jordan Ferguson is. So I mean, this guy's almost too good to be true. Not just because, mm-hmm. not because of it, just his play, which was, I mean, he had a, a season mm-hmm. for all seasons last year. You know, yeah. nine and a half sacks and you know, almost sixty tackles. And uh, but the work he does off the field too, it's uh, he's an amazing young man. No, it's unbelievable. You know, what one of the you know projects I've been most proud to be a part of here is uh, you know Jordan one. You know, a service award at the uh, um, Raiders Choice Awards this past year um, for for the work he does off the field. You know, he he does a lot of work with the homeless community back home where he's from in Atlanta. Um, you know, he he did a blanket drive up in Nashville to, to help out during the winter. Um, works constantly with a lot of the you know the Special Olympics and, and other events with with, with, the, with the kids that the the university and the athletic department helps organize. As well, I mean, he's just somebody that cares a lot about people, and he cares a lot about people because people cared a lot about him when he was growing up, and gave him opportunities and gave him chances, um, and showed them that he cared. And you know, one one thing I think that's remarkable about him, and in general, is that you know he'll tell you firsthand that he was a bit of a knucklehead when he first got here. Um, did some things that were really frustrating to the coaching staff, really frustrating, you know, personally for him. And you know, it took him a year to sort of you know get that maturity within himself to, to, to understand that these coaches were just trying to make him better. And you know, Coach Tommy West, who's been in this business a long time, is his defensive line coach, and he, he talks about how he thinks Jordan. There's never been someone who's had as big a, a turnaround to who they are as Jordan Ferguson. And you know, and, and obviously that's not even dealing with any of his exceptional play on the field. You know, he's a force. He's a guy that's probably going to play in Sundays when this is all over. And you know, the fact that he's going to be leading a defensive line unit that brought, brings back pretty much everybody back from last year, I'm really excited to see what they can do as, together as a unit because of the leadership they have and because of the talent that they've shown. Um, you know, another year together really gives them a lot of potential. Yeah, I was going to say, talk about some of the other guys up front because I know they've got to be excited with everybody coming back. Oh, no, I mean, they, they've been, you know, they were dominant in spring ball because they were the unit that had, you know, the most everyone back up of any unit on the team. And I expect that they're going to be really dominant in camp to open up as well. But you got, you know, interior guys like Zaylin Wood, Marley Cook, you know, defensive tackles that have been really strong for a long time. Jacarius Wyatt's another sort of utility guy play inside and outside. Uh, Ralph Mincy. A lot of guys that wreak a lot of havoc. Maybe maybe he doesn't show up in sack numbers all the time, but you, if you watch the tape, they're guys that are causing pressure, causing run disruptions, 
or making the other team uncomfortable. And you know, you know, this this is a defense that led the entire country in takeaways last year at the FBS level, and that was in large part because the defensive line caused so much havoc and pressure up top that it forced quarterbacks into bad decisions, it forced running backs into fumbles, and really led to a lot of the back seven getting a lot of those takeaways themselves in those scenarios. Okay, uh, what about linebacker? They did lose a couple pretty decent, pretty good um, backers there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it is a, a post-DQ Thomas world in the linebacker room right now, and they actually have a new linebacker coach, Dustin Royston, uh, shifting over from being an assistant D-line coach to taking over the linebackers after Shriki Diabate. The former linebacker coach took a job at UConn with Jim Mora. So congratulations to Streaky for that. But a really interesting group. They, they brought in a lot of transfers. I was actually just writing down all the new numbers for the players this year. Uh, it's going to be out in my notebook later today. And, you know, we have a lot of linebackers that have played a lot of college football from all over levels. We got, we got one that came in from Cincinnati. There's a couple that came up from a couple different FCS schools. Um, so a lot of different depth. Um, the two... Uh, returning players I'm excited to see take on a bigger role are Jonathan Butler and Devin Curtis. Um, both of them were really successful at different points in time last year and also had to fight through injuries um, throughout the, the fall. So hopefully they can stay fully healthy through camp, fully healthy through the season. They really get a chance to break out for both of them. Um, but, but I'm excited to see that group gel together. Um, but it, it's going to be really interesting to see who fills in sort of that outside backer spot because Devin and Jonathan are both more middle guys. And so if we, we get another outside pressure linebacker like DQ that can, that can get some, you know, do, do some different things, you know, pressure-wise, blitz packages, maybe even doing a little coverage, um, it, it should be a good unit to gel together. But it's, just, it's a big question mark whoever that third guy is going to be for me. And it could be a lot of different guys on the roster. We're really going to have to see how things sort out throughout camp before that decision is made. He's Sam Dalton. He's the beat writer for GoBlueRaiders.com. Uh, we'll take our final break and be right back. Back to the Borough Beach. The Great Duck Chase will be held Saturday, September 17th at 10 a.m. The Great Chase passionately helps local families whose children are battling life-limiting illnesses. Adopt a duck and help a child. It's a fun-filled family event. Visit thegreatchase.org to adopt your ducks today. Good afternoon. We did have that car fire earlier on 24 westbound uh, out near Bell Road. It had traffic a little bit slow, but it's just been crazy out through Wilson County right now. It's really slow on the Interstate 40 East there at 840, trying to get past Lebanon. Uh, 65 is blocked down pretty good to the north. As you try to get up into Madison, all the way to Goodlettsville, Ripley's is hiring for all 10 attractions. Check them out this weekend at Ripley's.com. I'm Commander Chuck with your on-time traffic. We do it your way at Pizza. Join the team at Murfreesboro's favorite pizza restaurant. Sir Pizza is now hiring at all three locations. Come by and be part of the team at Sir Pizza. At Creekside Assisted Living of Murfreesboro, we provide excellence in service while maintaining the dignity of our residents in a home-like atmosphere. Come see our new community, which includes bistros, salons, a library, and spacious activity areas. A kind, friendly, and well-trained staff can help residents with the daily activities of life. Locally owned by Blue Raider alumni Tim Keach and Kent Ayer, find out more about Creekside Assisted Living, 895-3002, or online at www.creeksideassistedliving.com. Parks Auction, 
we handle everything. Whether you're buying or selling a home or whether you're buying or selling commercial property, the auction is just so much easier, quicker, smoother. My wife and I sold our personal home, parks auctions, and helped us with that. The house brought about 20% more than we were going to ask for. Visit our website at parksauction.com to learn more. Stan Vaught and the Parks Auction team are proud supporters of local high school and MTSU sports. All sports talk on News Radio WGNS on FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. Welcome back to All Sports Talk. This portion brought to you by First Bank, locations in the borough, Woodbury, Nashville, and 46 others across the state. That's First Bank. Sam Dalton joining us today. Uh, we haven't touched on the secondary yet, but we got some, some good athleticism back there. Oh, no question. You know, I think what the secondary is a little bit like the linebackers, where it's a post-Reed Blankenship world for them. You know, Reed, uh, what one of the all-time greats back there in safety, and a long line of safeties who've been really successful, alongside Javante Moffitt and, of course, Kevin Byard uh, over at the Tennessee Titans. And so now it's going to be another group of players looking to step up um, in, in his void. And, you know, I think Quincy Riley was, was a big piece on that secondary last year who transferred away. Um, so that's, that's a cornerback they're going to have to replace as well. And Greg Gray, the other starting safety, also has left the program. So three different starting spots have opened up. Uh, the difference between that and the linebackers is a lot of the guys on the roster are sure going to be internal, perhaps, that were on the team last year. They're going to be looking to step up into bigger spots. Guys like Teldrick Ross, who sort of was a safety uh, nickelback cornerback hybrid, can play all three positions exceptionally well. He's a guy that I expect is going to have a really big year. He changed his number from 19 to number one. So I expect you'll see number one be really active out there on Saturdays at Floyd Stadium. You know, we've got Jalen Jackson, the Corey and Patterson, two outside corners that are going to be returning. They're going to have to step up in places. And they showed flashes last year in particular at different points in time of playing really well. Trey Fuellen was a do-it-all safety, backing up both Greg and Reed, and was, was a great special teams player in particular. He's a guy that I suspect you're going to see in a bigger starting role on the safety side. And you got Deontay Stanley and Dietrich Stanley. I don't believe they're related. I might be wrong about that. But safeties and cornerbacks as well who are going to you know, have a chance to, to show some flashes that they did when they were forced to play due to injuries last year. So a lot of depth has been built up in that area. Scott Schaefer makes sure his safeties. Um, and Coach Gilstrap with the cornerbacks, they're, they're always on point. And because it's a lot of internal guys, it's a lot of it's exciting for me to watch because I saw a lot of them develop in practice last year, and I'm excited to see them get a chance to do it for a full four quarters every single Saturday this fall. All right, uh, moving on to special teams, got to feel very solid there. Oh, no question. Yeah, I think uh, our special teams unit at middle is going to potentially be one of the best in conference USA. It's going to be one of the most consistent um, from last season. Kyle Ulbricht's been a, you know, a great punter for us for multiple seasons now, and, and he does a really good job of doing whatever the team asks for him. He can really boot along, and that's what the team needs in a situation. But he's also able to cough and corner and, and pooch kick and be, and be a little bit more accurate and precise if that's what the, the special team's situation calls for. But so he, He's a real weapon for flipping the field if the offense doesn't go well. And then I'm excited he's back for another year. You know, Zeke Rankin was the guy that won the kicker battle in camp last year. He's currently you know, going to be the heir apparent right there at kicker this season. Probably wants to be a little bit more consistent on field goals, a longer range, but was great on extra points and was great in short range last year. Uh, helped get a lot of points for the team uh, in situations. 
And I, I know the, the staff was pleased with, with his progress and the way that, that he handled himself um, this past season. And, of course, you know, the kick return game, you got Jalen Lane, you know, freshman All-American last year in the return game. I believe he led the nation in returning average for most, if not all, of the, the season last year. Had at least one touchdown on a punt return. So he, he's going to be another huge weapon back there. And, you know, they do a great job of special teams here at middle. That was always readily apparent with how much time they spend on it in practice when I'm out there. And so I expect that unit to be really solid come this fall. Well, we've kind of touched on all sides of the ball. Uh, and uh, it sounds like um, uh, they, they're, they're pretty firm on who most of their, you know, they've got a pretty good idea who most of their starters are. But um, mm-hmm. I guess developing depth will be uh, certainly uh, necessary. And they've got a lot of new players uh, to develop that depth with. Yeah, no, obviously, you're right. We have a lot of new players that have come in to develop that depth. There's no question about that. And, you know, I think that's, you know, maybe it's not so much, you know, who's starting Monty that they know, but they know who the contenders for a lot of those starting spots are right now. So building depth behind those contenders is going to be key for this team. Obviously, you can anticipate the injuries that you're going to have this year. We saw it at the quarterback position. We saw it at the linebacker last year with this team. And so you, you got to have guys that that are ready, even if they're they're younger, or, or maybe you don't want to put them in spots that you're putting them in right now. Um, but you, you got to be confident in those guys stepping up. And so building that sort of depth with a lot of the the junior college transfers and the true freshmen they're bringing in is going to be key for for this camp come August. And it's something I'm excited to see, and something I, I know that these, these these coaches are going to spend a lot of time on in the meeting rooms and a lot of their own meeting times within their staff is figuring out who the guys they can trust if they need to uh, when, when the ball's kicked this fall. All righty, Sam. Appreciate the update today. I'd like to get you on be- after they get in the pads for a while before the season opens. Uh, Monty, you can call me anytime. I'd love to come on and chat a little Blue Raider football with you. All right. Have a good rest of the summer. All right. You as well, Monty. That's Sam Dalton joining us today. He's the beat writer for GoBlueRaiders.com. That'll do it for today's show. Everybody have a great rest of the day. We'll talk to you next time. All sports talk on News Radio. WGNS has been brought to you by State Farm agents Andy Woman, Bud Morris, and Deb Ensel. Chip Walters with Exit Realty, Bob Lamb and Associates. First Bank, Mike Tanzel with My Team Insurance. Parks Auction Company, Greg Hall with Hall's Auto Care. Steve Ruckert with RAI Advisors. Jennings and Ears Funeral Home, Creekside at Three Rivers Assisted Living, and Wayne Blair with Rayburn Insurance.